Monday morning live now. No need to hit the snooze. We're almost halfway through the football season, and I'd say things are starting to take shape, but really they're not. Teams, contenders everywhere. Some teams you thought were done are back, and we'll get to all that with our man Tom Luganbill. Brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Monday morning live. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for being with us early. Good morning to you, Tom Luganbill. How you doing, my man? Dude, if I was any better, Jim, there'd be two of me. <laughs> uh, would I'm it, telling you right now, I'm shot out of a cannon on this Monday morning. Would it be like Michael Keaton, though? Would second version of you get a little worse than first version and so forth? Oh, you go a little multiplicity on me? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, probably. So, I, you know, I got to be taken in doses anyway, so I probably ought to just remain singular. And uh, But no, dude, let me tell you something. I am, I'm fired up. I was able to get home on the night of my game on Saturday, so my entire Sunday doesn't get wrecked. Um, so I'm ready to roll, dude. Speaking of multiplicity, if Georgia had 21 more Brock Bowers, I wouldn't worry about them so much. Uh, Georgia goes into Auburn. Uh, what an atmosphere. You can always say that about Jordan-Hare yeah. Stadium, but it wasn't even the best atmosphere that you see at Jordan-Hare. It'll be better later this year probably when Alabama's there. But Georgia has to fight. They have to dig deep. They only lead the game once they're late. Um, I mean, it gets late in the game before they even lead the contest. And then they have to put together a drive to win the contest down there against Hugh Freeze's first-year Auburn program. What's your biggest takeaway first on just Georgia surviving Jordan-Hare Stadium? Carson Beck, I think, grew up and became a different player throughout the course of that game, and Auburn's pretty good on defense. Now, I really, and I totally agree with Kirby Smart's comments after that, like, there's not an appreciation for how hard it is to win on the road. As, as you mentioned, especially at that place. Uh, I mean, of all the places I've broadcasted games, that place, particularly at night, would be in my top five most difficult places to win if you are a visiting football team. Um, and so I thought it was an inspired effort by Auburn. They got outlasted and out-talented, I guess, if you will, um, over the course of four quarters. And we can knock Georgia. We can criticize them. It's certainly fair because everybody's assumption was it was going to be so easy coming in. Look at the schedule. Look at the schedule. First off, it's not easy. It's never easy. And I actually think the way this Georgia team is having to win is going to benefit them each and every week. They're going to be battle-tested. They're going to be hardened. They have not just gone on skates and just rolled through everybody. They've had to earn it. There's a lot to take from that 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 is positive. If you're a Georgia fan, if you're Kirby Smart, if you're this Georgia football team, the bottom line is is Georgia really doesn't have many established playmakers at, at wide out outside of Brock Bowers, who, by the way, I think should be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, and and I and I say that sincerely. Um, defensively, they seem to have. I don't want to take it a step back, but. We're not necessarily seeing the pure dominance, the ability to get home consistently, um, and that's okay. I mean, they're obviously still probably a, one of the best defenses in, in America when you just look at their pure personnel. So I thought it was an impressive win because of where they were at, how hard it is to do it there. It wasn't pretty, but maybe this is going to be the Georgia team we see this year, Jim. This is going to be 
a team that's going to have to scrap and claw a little bit, and then they'll outlast people because they got depth and talent. It reminds me of some early Saban teams when they would just uh, you know, work and do what they had to do early, and by the end of the year, they were one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from what Auburn did. First off, uh, sure. running the freaking football, they only passed six times <laughs> in the first half. Yeah. So you're going up against a Georgia team that had not allowed 200-yard rushing since pre-pandemic times. And Auburn yeah. goes out there and they get that in the first half. And with you have Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford at quarterback, Kirby Smart and those guys, they knew Auburn was going to have to run the football and they still couldn't control Auburn running the ball. I thought it was an impressive, gutsy effort from that Auburn offensive line. Peyton Thorne running the ball, Robbie running the ball, and those running backs. Jarquez finally looked like his old self. Impressive day running the football for Auburn. Yeah, and they had a really good plan. I, I think when they when they realized, hey, listen, we have to force Georgia to play eleven on eleven, meaning that if we don't run our quarterback, we're we're they're playing eleven on ten. So we have to have that be a focal part of of the defense uh, to to get them to commit. What you would hope would then open up the passing game. The problem is, is they're so deficient right now in the passing game from a consistency standpoint that the, the running of the quarterback and some of those explosive plays that were really impressive will only take you so far if you don't have anything complement it and come off of that and consistently beat people downfield in the passing game. I think what happened is that game continued to wear on. Georgia realized that there isn't much else. So if we just hang on here and we keep the ball in front of us and we tackle, they can't just beat us doing this. There's going to have to be something else. And right now, Auburn, each and every week, has struggled to find that something else. Last week, it was against Texas A&M, and it was an abysmal performance through the air. This week, you mentioned only six attempts. So they're, they're, they're a work in progress in the passing game. Uh, I want to get to our questions that are popping in early in our Vulcan Tire and Automotive chat room. But as always, Monday Morning Live is brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Celebrate your winning season with MyBookie's biggest welcome offer ever, a 110% deposit match for your first deposit. That happened last week. Now you've got new great deals going on at mybookie.ag. Jump in there. they got deposit bonuses for you, and it's the easiest way to play mybookie.ag mybookie.ag use the promo code next round every time use that promo code next round and you can find out great discounts because you're a viewer and listener of this show you got another full slate of college football and the nfl coming up with plenty of options to bet and win so don't miss out and the baseball playoffs this week as well it's all for you right there mybookie.ag mybookie.ag use the promo code next round bet anything anytime time from anywhere it is mybookie.ag tr asked this question luke's how do you not double bowers down the stretch if you know what he's about especially at that point in the contest how much of that and again i'm the layman i'm the fan watching and you're the you're the former quarterback and coach how much of that is just bowers running a route or bowers finding space and does double team help bracketing or any of that at that point well, it will. It will help. It will. It will lessen it. It will force Georgia and the quarterback to have to go somewhere else eventually. Now, the the thing with Bowers, and if you look at the two back to back one on one plays and uh, one handed play, uh, catches, and the one obviously was called back by by a penalty, but sometimes when he's covered, he's not covered, 
And I and I think that eh, you you sit there and you tell your quarterback, hey, listen, if there's two defenders, we got to be really really careful here. But if there's one defender, um, he's winning. So go ahead and give him a shot. Give him a chance. Put the ball where he has an opportunity. But anytime somebody chooses to play in and out or bracket style coverage or, or you know, clamp down and try and take advantage of putting him in a box, that means you're taking a defender away from some other area of responsibility, which should open up uh, some opportunities for guys to get open. So now what has to happen? Your quarterback's got to be disciplined enough to work through that progression, identify that this isn't a go-to guy right now because of how they haven't bracketed. We're going to have to go find out where are they now void uh, because they've chosen to, to take him away from us. And then secondly, Georgia needs guys to step up and make plays when that happens. They need guys to get open. They need guys to find the open void uh, because an extra player is being used to to take away Brock Bowers. But I, I, I go back to my initial statement. Even when he's covered, he's not covered. Yes, and and I think if, if the quarterback feels that good and the, and Mike Bobo and the staff have enough confidence in Carson Beck to not put the offense at risk by just forcing the issue, then even if you do decide to double him or you decide to press him at the line of scrimmage, get in his face, you still have a shot. You still have a shot to make a play with him. He's that good. Yeah, and, and let's don't. I mean, one-handed catches when there's some Auburn guys there you know, oh, yeah. protecting the other hand. Carson Beck had to make good throws there, good enough throws, and not throw interceptions and give him a chance to make the catch. And back to back for a second, a 98-yard touchdown drive just to tie it 17-17 in the second half. And then that drive with 252 finally hits Bowers. Game's on the line there. If he makes a mistake, it's overtime or a yep. loss for Georgia. Um, those, those are some ballsy throws in the second half from Beck. Yeah, they were, and they were confidently made, though. Like, if you watch him, there was no hesitation. It was decisive. I see it. I'm hitting it. I'm planting the back foot, and I'm driving the ball into it. And I, I thought, like I said, I thought he grew up. I thought he, the, the moment was not too big for him. Um, and that place is raucous, as we've talked about it, especially late if you're trying to mount a drive. I just thought he kind of turned a page a little bit uh, from what we've seen in the first four weeks. And listen, if you start to get hot at the quarterback position, you start to really mature and develop and and, uh, and gain some confidence. The people around you all of a sudden going to get better as well. So uh, we might just be seeing, you know, the the early stages of what the offense potentially could be. And Lad McConkey, who made his debut, uh, he was on a pitch count. But it seemed like the balls he caught were always third down crucial catches. The kid just found a way to get open. He, he was huge. A small factor, but huge for Georgia to, to escape with a win. Mr. Reliable, man. And yep. he's, he's kind of like your safety blanket, right? And if you need third and seven, he's going to get to nine. You know, if you, if you need third and 11, he's going to get to 13. He's going to make sure that he knows where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. Really good versus zone because he knows how to settle into the open voids. Uh, but he... Getting him back, we just discussed, you know, guys having to make plays around Brock Bowers, but, like, he's a go-to guy because he's going to be so unbelievably reliable and he's going to be where he's supposed to be. Uh, NH says one key stat for Auburn, six out of nine of the incompletions by Thorne were dropped balls by the receivers, some of those coming on third down that could have kept some drives going for Auburn. Uh, one more thing, 
on on this Auburn game after I tell you our friends at Gutter Cap glad to be with us today a patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate gutter cleaning backed for a lifetime lifetime warranty there you know what time of the year it is it's fall those leaves are falling here as we start October a lot of them go into the gutters unless they're covered up get that gutter cap now stay off the dangerous ladders forever 45% off retail prices guttercapbirmingham.com guttercapbirmingham.com or call Chris Stewart 205-823-2212 that's 823-2212 Bobby Little T and others in the chat room saying the takeaway for them as Auburn people is Hugh Freeze calling the plays more involved in the game plan whatever factor was uh, made that team a little bit more competitive offensively but much like Deion Sanders has said a couple of weeks now you better get me now because this is the worst roster I'm going to have. This is the worst roster Hugh Freeze is ever going to have at Auburn. And and a lot of Auburn yeah. fans left Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday saying, I liked our effort. I like where we're going with Hugh Freeze. Well, if your fans and your supporters recognize effort and they recognize improvement, we said this on your program right here that each of the last two weeks, that this is what you're hoping to see if you are Auburn. You kind of know what this is going to be. It's not going to be easy. At times, it's going to be ugly, but are you showing incremental improvement? Is there buy-in and is there effort? If you leave the stadium and you feel good about those things, then yes, you're going to feel really, really good about the overall result in years to come because uh, whether it's the transfer portal, whether it's through high school recruiting, um, the roster can get a lot better a lot quicker um, I used to always say you can't just wave a magic wand and poof, all of a sudden everything changes overnight. Now you kind of can. So um, I, to me, when you're going through a season where you're not going to be overly talented or maybe you're going to struggle to get wins each and every week you take the field, if there's effort that is evident and showing up, you're in a good place because effort requires no talent, none. So – your guys are either going to do it or they're not. And that's a reflection of coaching. It's a reflection of leadership. So from an Auburn fan, I, I, I totally, if, if I'm an Auburn fan and from their perspective, I get it. Like, I, I love that they recognize, hey, listen, that, you know, we were supposed to get our doors blown off and we competed in battle. So Auburn has the bye week to get ready for the, the stretch run that continues in the They'll SEC. They'll beat by. They'll beat by. Yes, they will. Kentucky is next for Georgia. Kentucky beats Florida for Woo. a third straight game, uh, three straight years. They've won four of the last six in the rivalry that used to be owned by the Gators. And now Kentucky goes to Athens to play the number one team. Kentucky's number 20. And Ray Davis had a game for the ages, but this Kentucky team is more than Ray Davis, but he is really, really good. He is really good. Um, you know, it's funny. Notre Dame plays with 10 on defense and gets scored on. Florida plays with 13 <laughs> on defense and gets scored on. Yes. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, you're only allowed to play with 12 in the CFL. Um, so, listen, I think Kentucky is getting back to bully ball where they just line up, say, we're tougher than you. We're going to impose our will. I still think they're a bit of a work in progress in the passing game. Devin Leary has had some ups. He's had some downs. I don't know if they're at the consistent level of play in the passing game that they'd like to be. But anytime you can shorten the game, and now with the new clock rules, man, if you can run the football consistently, 
That clock, I mean, I've been I I've been in a game this year where the first quarter saw each team have one possession. Right. One possession. Right? So it's kind of the recipe for Kentucky. You're going to have to go on the road. It's going to be a difficult environment, but you you, you kind of know what the mode of operation is and can Georgia can Georgia get off the field because the whole thing for for Kentucky is staying ahead of the chains on the early downs because I, I don't think they're a team and most teams aren't, but third and seven for them consistently, third and eight is not where they is not where they're going to make their living. They're going to make their living on third and three or less um, because first and second down were so successful. But uh, this is a team that looks like they've vastly improved in the offensive line. I know they've been very frustrated with their offensive line each of the last two years because it had gotten so good under Mark Stoops and then maybe took a bit of a step back. But uh, they have confidence. I think they know exactly who they are. I think Mark Stoops really likes this team because of uh, their style of play back to what is core foundation is. So, yeah, listen, Georgia, everybody keeps talking. We talked about the Georgia schedule and, and all this and that. And, that, you know, it's, it's starting to look a little bit more difficult. Right, it's yes. starting to. Kentucky, nobody would have circled this game probably, and said, "Oh, Kentucky could be a problem," and now they are. Yeah, and Tennessee looked pretty good as well against South Carolina. That game still to come in Nayland. It is this week between the hedges for Georgia prime time on ESPN, Kentucky and Georgia. Before we talk Alabama and the rest of college football, I, I do want to point this stat line out that I love about Kentucky in an SEC game against nationally ranked Florida before they go play Georgia. They had no sacks, they had no turnovers, and they had just three penalties. That is a clean sheet for Mark Stoops' bunch. If they can do that again, they got a chance against Georgia this week. For Alabama, they go to Mississippi State. 16 straight wins over that program, an annual rivalry between two of the closest schools in the SEC geographically that will not be annual anymore. And I don't know if Mississippi State fans hate it or don't hate it. Um, I don't know how much tradition is behind the rivalry, but it was uh, a win for Alabama that uh, looked easier on the scoreboard than it probably was 40-17. to 17. But they didn't throw the ball a lot. Uh, Jalen Milrow no. completed his first eight passes. He was 10 of 12 for 164. He ran it 11 times for 69. Two touchdowns. His first touchdown, Luke's, yeah. he was so fast. You talk about being shot <laughs> out of a rocket right there. The kid hit that uh, the right up the middle between the hash yeah. marks, and he outran everybody to the end zone. Alabama seems to be settling into something offensively. thought Nick Saban put it perfectly post-game when he said, listen, there's things we have to improve upon, but there's also some really good things that we can build upon. Now, that was a great way of describing – how that game played out. They seem to be finding what clicks with Jalen Milrow. I mean, listen, if you're an Alabama fan and if you want to go back to three weeks ago and then you fast forward to now and somebody told you you were going to go on the road and Jalen Milrow was going to be 10 of 12 and he was going to have two rushing touchdowns, you would have said, sign me up. You would have said, this is exactly what he needs to be and what he what we need to frame the offense around. And so I do think Tommy Reese and Coach Saban seem to be getting on the same page and and – and in devising a game plan that seems to be getting Jalen Milrow more and more and more confident. And again, using his legs, using his legs by design. We've talked about that so much here throughout the first month of the season. I think it's an integral part of their plan. And I tell you, man, another four sacks on defense. They dismantled Ole Miss the week before. 
Like this Alabama defense is starting to really turn a corner. Yeah, I mean, more on that because you see what LSU um, had trouble stopping Ole Miss. More on that Holiday Bowl game in Oxford in a second. Um, but <laughs> but to to for Alabama now they were at home uh, and Ole Miss was on the road. But for Alabama's D to do what they did to Ole Miss and you saw what Ole Miss did to LSU's defense, which has some some dudes on it. Uh, Alabama yeah. with four sacks. Uh, and they didn't have their their Deontay Lawson's out for a while. Maybe the Tennessee game when he's back to yeah. not be not fitting run gaps. Who not seem to be in the wrong place against Will Rogers in Mississippi State. They all seemed for the most part to be in the right places, which isn't easy to yeah. do when you lose your defensive signal caller, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you got a number one. You got to get lined up. But you're right. You you lose some leadership qualities. You lose the guy that's kind of the quarterback of the defense when it comes to making sure you're aligned. Um, and then, of course, once the the play starts, it's it's everybody's individual responsibility to do their job. Uh, so I don't know if the loss of that player that then it comes down to the loss of that player's pr- productivity. Um, but again, this is also Alabama. We know they've got tremendous depth. Um, I mean, a guy like Chris Braswell, who was a highly touted guy, but has kind of been a little bit more of a role player to this to this point. He gets what a interception this this past week, and, that's right. And so he kind of he steps in and, and, and makes his presence known. And as each and every week goes on across all of college football, teams are going to get dinged. They may have a devastating injury. They may have a season-ending in, injury, and. Who's the next guy up and what's the drop off? And that's where Alabama's always had some advantages is there's always going to be very little drop off um, in talent. And it's why there's only a handful of teams, Alabama being one of them in college football right now, that generally can, for the most part, survive those types of injuries, whether it's for a quarter, whether it's for a game, whether it's for a season. So I, I think that they're growing on defense. They're getting better and better. Listen, Mississippi State's reeling right now. Um, I felt like last week they looked like they went back to the air raid, and then this week they went back to looking like they did the first three weeks. Uh, but credit Alabama for a lot of that. I think that Mississippi State was just outmanned. Yeah, and now for Alabama, it's a road game to College Station. They lost their last visit there back when Alabama used to be the number one team in the country. Uh, two years ago, they lose 41-38 in College Station. Texas A&M hands it to Arkansas. That game really wasn't as close as the scoreboard, 34-22. to no. um, and, and it was the defense for the Aggies, DJ Durkin's bunch, that makes you wonder about this game with Alabama. They sacked um kj jefferson seven times they had 15 tackles for loss um arkansas could do nothing offensively and there's some similarities i mean not a lot but there's some similarities with you know jalen milrow and kj jefferson the way they like to play quarterback uh with the way alabama likes to run and rocket sanders and you know it, it seems to have been a great warm-up game for texas a&m with alabama and this offense coming to college station yeah, there are a lot of similarities. You're right. And um, certainly having to prepare for quarterback run and, and all those sorts of things. And um, again, playing 11 on 11 instead of 11 on 10. It's kind of neat to see this A&M defense play to the level of talent of the players they've brought in. Because, you know, much of the last two to three classes, the, the focal point of the class has been in the defensive front. It's been at corner. It's been at linebacker. And those guys are now starting to really come into their own. I mean, outside of the passing game that Miami presented to Texas A&M, Miami could not run it against Texas A&M. I mean, that, that, that's what – this is going to be very interesting because this may be – this may be the game 
that you go on the road and your quarterback's going to have to win the game through the air. If Alabama cannot consistently run the football or just lean on Texas A&M and grind away at them, which I think would be very difficult for Alabama to do at this point when you look at Texas A&M's personnel, much of the the game plan could fall onto the shoulders of of Jalen Milrow. I think this could be his biggest test. I also think that if this is a game that Alabama gets past, they they will win the West and go to go to Atlanta. This is the game that I think is going to play a significant role in whether or not that happens. So maybe one of the better games of the weekend. Um, Texas A and M, even you know, they have the luxury of having a backup quarterback in Max Johnson that has played a ton of football, and they know exactly who he is, what he is, what he brings to the table. And I think he's really confident right now. And Bobby Petrino obviously can coach quarterbacks as well as anybody uh, in America. And I think that's the biggest thing I've seen from Texas A&M, uh, Jim, is that this, this team looks like they have a purpose and a sense of identity on offense. And, and clearly Jimbo Fisher deserves a ton of credit because this is Bobby Petrino's offense and Bobby Petrino is coaching it. And, uh, to me, that's that's really important. It was the it was the chemistry experiment we were all lining up to watch to see how this would work as the offseason you know came into fruition. It's such a shame that they lose Connor Wigman, but um, they're not in the position that most people would be in. Like for example, Duke. If Riley Leonard can't go, Duke's in an entirely different world, and so that's not necessarily the case with Texas A and M. So the uh, Aggies are 2-0 and in conference, Alabama 2-0 and in conference. They are atop the SEC West by themselves. The winner takes the driver's seat to Atlanta, 2.30 CBS this week. Uh, when we come back, we will jump in to the conversation about Ole Miss and how big of a win that was for Lane Kiffin. Uh, the other stuff going on around the country, Texas and Oklahoma destined for a great Red River this week, both unbeaten for the first time since 2011. USC and Colorado down to the wire there. Uh, some teams that are just you know checking boxes right now, Michigan and Oregon. We'll get to all that coming up as we continue. This is Monday Morning Live being brought to you in part by our friends at Next Round Coffee. Uh, the temperature, you know, 84 in the high today. We're starting to lose summer, get into fall. Uh, the <laughs> coffee is really good. We partnered with Who Is Coffee to create the next round blend available in light. My favorite, the medium roast, dark roast as well. 100% Arabica beans, especially spe- coffee roasted on demand. It's something Forrester and Kelsey worked on to get this blend exactly right. You can taste it for yourself. Just go to nextround.store nextround.store and check that out available whole beans or ground for the drip pods espresso and coarse grounds for the french press you can get it any way you like it with our friends at who is coffee just go to nextround.store nextround.store this is monday morning live as summer starts to fade get ready to welcome the arrival of fall but hey it's not just football season making an entrance in the world of pest, it's fall invader season. Hold on tight because we've got four major troublemakers stepping into the spotlight. Box elder bugs, kudzu bugs, ladybugs, and stink bugs. These pests don't just knock. They barge in like they own the place. But fear not. Dial up Wayne's Pest Control now, 865-588-6686, and let's show those fall invaders who's boss. Don't let pests crash your party. Take charge today. IV therapy, B12 injections, cryotherapy, and compression therapy all under one roof. It's our friends at HydraLive. Mention next round at checkout. Save 20% off any service. HydraLive's got three locations, Homewood, Tuscaloosa, and coming soon to Greystone. 
Follow Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The social media team at Next Round Live will share the latest interviews and videos from UAB, Alabama, Auburn, and campuses all over the college landscape. You'll also get the latest highlights and news from the Next Round Live daily show. Jim, Lance, and Ryan will share their thoughts. And remember, you can always see the old shows on the Next Round Live YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, and don't forget to comment. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss a thing. It's Next Round Live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45% off the retail price now if you call guttercapbirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it, don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. If renting is putting a dent in your bank account, here's your sign from the universe that it's time to buy a new home. And who better to help you through the ins and outs of home buying than our friends at Mortgage Right? With Mortgage Right, you don't have to worry about becoming a short notice mortgage expert because they do all the heavy lifting for you. They're trusted mortgage professionals and they'll help you choose the right mortgage option and stand by your side every step of the way. Visit MortgageRight.com/tnr to buy before renting runs you dry. That's MortgageRight.com/tnr. NMLS two two three nine equal housing lender. Storm season is here. Make sure you have a plan of action in place right now. Greg from Pell City and Storm Restoration Roofing should be your first call when storms hit. Insurance companies love working with Storm Restoration Roofing because of Greg Nelson's name and reputation in the industry. When storms hit, call Greg Nelson. He's local. 205-542-3531. He's the home of the free no-cost roof inspection. Greg from Pell City on Facebook. 205-542-3531. It's Storm Restoration Roofing. The Next Round Golf Cart is here. Your chance to play four area golf courses for just $89. Get 18 holes in cart at Limestone Springs, Cross Creek, the Meadows, and the newly renovated Woodward Golf Club. A $247 value for just $89. Get your golf cart now at nextround.store. Back to Tom Luganville in just a second. I did want to say... What an amazing win for Neil Brown, friend of the show. West Virginia's won four straight. They're four and one. They're getting votes for the AP Top 25. Two touchdown underdogs in Fort Worth. They rallied for a 24-21 win, blocked two field goals, including the game tire late. And West Virginia only lost to Penn State. Good win for Neil there. If you want to send Neil some congratulatory flowers or get ready for prom or homecoming or whatever's going on, maybe a wedding coming up this fall, our friends at Blakely's Bouquets can take care of you. Blakely'sBouquets.com. Blakely'sBouquets.com right there in Homewood. You can order over the phone, 205-579-4900, 579-4900. Or you can go in person right there. Their full-service flower shop, Oxmoor Road. It's Blakely'sBouquets.com, Blakely'sBouquets.com. Blakely's does something with me every year. I hope today's this was the last year, Lugs. Uh, but for two years in a row now, we've gone to a local haunted house, and we've gone live, and they filmed me going through a haunted house. I don't like I don't like haunted houses, and we did it again Friday night, and I get all sweaty and anxiety and stuff, and and you know it's one of those traditional haunted houses that you can't you can't be touched. I don't know why I, I I I get so crazy, but it still bothers me. A lot of jump scares, but then yeah. they they staged it this time because we're going through before everyone else goes through, and yeah. uh, all my coworkers had it okay. Where one of the guys um, 
who works with us, who also is part-time with the haunted house, um, could touch me. And he grabbed me and it, <laughs> my, my good time was over at that point. You guys can go watch it live on our platform. I think it's about 20 minutes in, but he actually grabs me and I'm like, wait, 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 foul, foul. We got to stop. You cannot touch me. You cannot touch me. I, I'm, I'm like throwing the red, red replay flag in that commercial. Wait, he cannot touch me. He cannot grab me. Uh, it was not fun. It was not fun for me. Who's making you do this? Uh, you know, it's a sponsor, and I like I like Blakely's, and they sponsor oh, this okay, show. Oh, okay, so it's a part. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay, and they think it. it's so funny it's, to. It's a business model. Yeah, they they think it's funny that they can pay money and make Jim do almost anything. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was That's not great. fun. But go enjoy some haunted houses. Do you like haunted houses? Are you a haunted house guy? I do. I mean, Halloween is my Christmas. I love Halloween. I love everything about it. I always have, always will. Haunted House is so much fun. Uh, I love that, that whole entire, all of it. Sign me up. Yeah, well, uh, it was a um, it was a scary scene for defensive-minded SEC fans in Oxford this week. <laughs> I referenced it uh, when I was a kid. The Holiday Bowl in San Diego had a whack champion, usually against a Pac-12 team, and uh, they would score a thousand points and before everyone scored a lot of points it was just a unique game that's what the night in oxford between lsu and Ole miss reminded me of defenses could couldn't get stops and they were up and down the field i think it was 31 28 at the half and they set records a a 1300 yards of offense Ole miss had a school record 700 plus yards of offense man it was a good win for Ole miss is it lane kiffin's best win to date as a head coach Oh, I would think you have to call it that, uh, and not just because they won the game, but what they had to do to win the game. I mean, at the end of that, they had to get two defensive stops. They had to go to the length of the field twice. They did not turn the ball over, accumulated over 700 yards. The only thing that they didn't do overly well was play the clean type of game that you generally would have to play to win a game like that. They had 11 penalties. That's the, that's the one thing Ole Miss was going to go back and look at say, boy, we were really fortunate and sloppy in this area. Uh, we've got we've got to clean that up. But what a difference Trey Harris makes to that offense because we the game that I have with Ole Miss at Tulane, he came in, started the game. I think he had one catch and got dinged and never came back in the game. And from that point on, their receiving core was not the same without him. They they just were not the same. And all of a sudden he comes back and the it was like they hit like it was like I mean just shot out of a cannon. Now the thing that that on top of that is they finally got the effort on the ground from Quinshaw Judkins that they had been lacking as well. I mean, listen, we're in today's in today's college football world. I mean, this isn't 1982 with Herschel Walker. For one running back to have 33 carries mm. in a game is an astounding number. I mean, you are riding that dude. I mean, it's to me that and Trey Harris allowed for Ole Miss to do what they want to do, and that is play fast, get as many plays in, and be in their comfort zone. I mentioned this last week. When they're not able to do that, they're not the same team. They're just not. But getting Quinshawn Judkins and Trey Harris back in the fold, and maybe most notably, Jackson Dart has been maybe from last year to this year. 
I think from the start of his college career to now, the most improved player in college football has been Jordan Travis at Florida State. From last year to this year, I think it's Jackson Dart. Yeah, and, He's and- gone from spectacular plays and then throwing the ball into triple coverage two or three times a game to literally taking virtually no risks with the football. He's been sensational. And to, to your point there, they needed the leadership, and they were down two scores in the fourth yeah. quarter, and they were able to go on an 88-yard drive and and come back and win this game. Uh, that That's a gut check for Ole Miss, and uh, they, they rose to the occasion. Well, neither team could generally get a stop, and in that moment, they got two. The defense somehow gets two. In that final, what, eight minutes and 34 seconds. And so, and that's so much too of like college football now. It's like, and I, and I, I always bring this up with the Pac 12 because of how that, that conference is so competitively balanced. But like, who can get off the field? Like, literally, who can get off the field just twice? Maybe it's just twice. All right. Maybe it's three times. But that's the heart, like, because that's becoming like the hardest thing to do in college football. And, you know, we watch, we can sit here and look all we want about um, uh, about statistics and yards. What was it? Over 1,400 yards in this deal. 14 yep. touchdowns, okay? Well, heck with the yards. Like, it still comes down to how are you on third down. Ole Miss was 9 of 16 on third down. Remarkable. Ole Miss had 49. You've heard me talk about this before. 49 rush attempts. I don't care what the yards are. The rush attempts dictate – how you're controlling the game on offense, and then they didn't turn the ball over. Time of possession was virtually equal, but just those three areas right there were the difference in the ball game between Ole Miss and, and and LSU. So we talk about yards gained and all this and that. Really, what it is is red zone efficiency on defense. Can you force field goals instead of allow touchdowns? Red zone efficiency on offense. Do you score touchdowns instead of field goals? Can you get off the field on third down? I mean. It, that's what this game now has become because it is so the, the game is widened out horizontally and vertically to the point where you are putting everybody in space all the time. And that's why we have so many explosive plays, right? So that's really what this game has become here in the last five to seven years, more so than any other time in the game's history. I, I just want to say one thing about LSU um, that uh, so, so nobody in the Bayou is panicking. Uh, first off, Jaden Daniels was spot on perfect. He did all he could do, 515 yeah. total yards. He was dropping balls perfectly out of the sky. And then for the defense, the, so many missed tackles. They were in the right place. They just missed the tackles. Yeah. So is, is that something you can coach out of them? Can they tackle better this week and when they play Alabama? Or is that a chronic epidemic problem that doesn't go away and it just makes you stink all year? Well, generally at times when you've not been a good tackling team, you're generally not a good tackling team. I don't know if that's a faucet you can turn on and off. I will say this, though. It's not just exclusive to LSU the other night. We're in an era now of, of football when it comes to practicing, when it comes to preparation, where we are so heavily invested in player safety that we expect teams to not be overly physical in practice, not have true tackling periods one-on-one, not have a lot of contact, and then we want to put them out on the field for three and a half hours and expect them to tackle well. And it's just that doesn't make much – this isn't professional football. This isn't the NFL. 
Um, and so I think it puts a lot of strain on everybody. And especially, as I mentioned, the way the field's been horizontally stretched and vertically stretched, and you take a dude like Trey Harris and with his size and his speed and his explosiveness and you get him in space, there's probably a lot of people are going to miss a tackle. You know, so it just happened to be LSU this weekend. Our, our friends at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag, brings you the Monday morning live every Monday at this time. Promo code next round for your deposit bonus, MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag. Here we go. First time since 2011, Texas and Oklahoma both unbeaten going into this contest. Oklahoma does it 50-20 uh, to 20 over Iowa State. They had a pick six to start the scoring. And then a ranked versus ranked game, Texas hands it to Kansas 40-14. to 14, And they've got some running backs uh, at Texas. And Quinn Ewers can run. Uh, this is shaping up to be a good one. Oklahoma-Texas this weekend. Where are you on these two teams as they play in Dallas? We are going to find out about Oklahoma up front in the offensive line because this is an entirely different – they're scheduled to this point. I don't think they've played a team that has one of any of the six or seven guys that Texas is bringing uh, to town up front on defense. Uh, Texas is so dominant in that front seven and so disruptive that Oklahoma is going to have to really, really have – there you know what ready to go in gear and and i i i think they're vastly improved from what they were a year ago i mean they really are they're really improved but um they haven't been tested yet like you mentioned with michigan earlier you know they're right now we're just you know oregon and and some of these teams are checking boxes and they're just flat out better than everybody they're playing that's been oklahoma to this point so um through the transfer portal, through recruiting, Brent Venables has done a good job. They're much better coached this year, Oklahoma, especially on defense. But there is a personnel advantage that Texas owns here. Yeah, I'm looking so much forward to that game. But it's a it's a good week. That's 11 o'clock on ABC. And, and then you, you got Maryland and Ohio State coming up at 11 o'clock as well this weekend. And I just wonder if you think Mike Loxley's Maryland team uh, can can score some points against Ohio State, and can Ohio State keep up? And I know it's a weird question if this becomes yeah. a high-scoring game. It depends on if Maryland up front can handle Ohio State. Um, and uh, does, does Tonga Baloa have the time and the, the, the pocket to be able to get the ball out to their playmakers? Maryland can score. Maryland's got good athletes. They really do. Again, Maryland has not even come close to play playing an animal like this. It's it's a very similar matchup to to Texas uh, Oklahoma when it comes to who you face to this point. So um, I see I'm one of the few in the minority that thinks Ohio State's pretty darn good on defense. Everybody's been all over them on defense. Well, it's a veteran group with a lot of starts, a lot of playmakers, and they're very disruptive up front. So. Um, do I think that Maryland is what Notre Dame was on defense? No. So I would also expect on the other side of that for Ohio State to have a better outing offensively against them too. So Ohio State's the better team. When you're the better team, Maryland has to play lights out, and Ohio State's got to help them. 
A lot of questions rolling in in our Vulcan Tire and Automotive chat room. Don't forget Way to Wellness bringing you Monday morning live every week. If you'd like to jumpstart your weight loss, Lugs, I was a, a, a spelt 182. It's That's sort of the number I want to be, 182 going into the weekend. But I don't know about you. I'm getting ready to watch football, and I, I'm craving hot dogs on Saturday. And I wasn't at the stadium this week. I'm in my sports room. So I, I get the grill out, and I smoke some hot dogs for the early lunch there and cook enough yeah. where I had some for dinner. And then I end up having it lunch watching my buc- Buccaneers. I had six hot dogs this weekend. And maybe the, <laughs> maybe the most alarming part is my buddy Mike Kennedy made this mango peppery jam thing that goes with, like, goat oh. cheese. You mix it up, and you just dip your cracker in there. I ate a tub of that stuff this weekend, but Way to Wellness will help me get it back right. All you have to do How's is... How's your 182? 182. 182. How's your 182 today? Um, it's a 185 and a half when I woke up today. So three and a half pounds of hot dogs and cream and goat cheese this weekend. <laughs> worth it's, every bite. Worth every bite. And Way to Wellness will get it right back off for me. All you have to do to jumpstart your weight loss is go to aplanforme.com, aplanforme.com, your journey to healthy living right there. No contracts, no sign-up fees, and your first consultation is free leslie and her board certified team way to wellness a plan for me.com is the website a plan for me.com it is fantastic uh steve says i think this is texas and sark's year um you you were just talking about that jerry wants to know is the winner of the red river game a lock for the college football playoff in your opinion with the schedule they have left yeah, I would say I would say so because I think the conference is down. Um, you know, who do you play having to beat somebody twice in a championship game? But again, unless Texas screws it up, they're going to be so vastly superior talent wise to everybody they play in the league. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I, I said yet last week on this show after seeing them in person. I'd have no problem ranking Texas number one or number two in the country. I, I think they're the most complete team right now um, in, in college football and all the areas that really, truly matter. But I look at like an Oregon or a Washington and say that might be the most dangerous team to have to play in college football. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, Camden writes in and uh, he wants to know, is Oregon – and Bo Nix doing exactly what Michigan and J.J. McCarthy is doing just in a different different region of the country. Oregon and Michigan, uh, each week they just go out there and they just they just do their jobs. Both those teams have been yeah. so impressive to me. Both are in my top six in the country right now. Yes, they're just doing it in a different fashion, right? Oregon's up-tempo, get the ball out of your hand, get the ball in the perimeter, a lot more RPO stuff, a lot more moving the pocket, Whereas Michigan just wants to line up and bloody your nose. Like the, the these new clock rules are Michigan's best friend. Right. I mean, it, 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 they really are. And, you know, JJ McCarthy has been very risky with the football. I think the difference between the two teams is, you know, two weeks ago, he had three interceptions this last week. He threw two balls in the end zone that had no business being caught. One of them should have been intercepted. And so he's gotten away with a little bit. But they just physically wear you down, uh, Michigan does. And and listen, Oregon's capable of doing that too. Oregon's capable of running it. Oregon's just more flashy in their in their style. Their their skill is really, really good on the perimeter. They're gonna go fast. Um, a lot of, you know, eye candy in the backfield, some creativity. Um, very, very similar 
in function and production completely different in style between those two. Um, also from the chat room, Kenny says Cam Ward is the Heisman front runner in his opinion right now. Nobody's a better Good quarterback one. in the nation. Go Washington State. Uh, they're they're on the road against UCLA, sleepy environment there in Pasadena, but a good contest this weekend coming up in the Pac-12. Yeah, and listen, I know that UCLA lost the game uh, to Utah, had to go to Rice-Eccles, tough place to play, true freshman quarterback, didn't have his best outing. Obviously, you know, it was like, welcome to college football, youngster, but he didn't kill him either. I thought uh, he came away from that game, that one possession game. All right, you lose, you learn. But there's Dante Moore is going to be a special player at UCLA. I totally agree with the, the assessment on Cameron Ward. He has been lights out. Now, listen, they've beaten Wisconsin. They've beaten Oregon State. They go on the road and they beat UCLA. I mean, that team could end up being in the top 10 here in a couple of weeks. And um, and so I'm, I've been impressed with Washington State. But I've also been impressed with, with UCLA, too. I think they're pretty dang good on defense. Quarterback's going to get better and better and better. So, should be fun to watch that thing play out. Any game right now in the Pac-12 to me is awesome, and um, and you better you you better buckle up and 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 get yourself into the fourth quarter because that's what it's going to take. Uh, looking really forward uh, to another big weekend coming up out in the Pac-12. Karen wants to know does does Brock Bowers have a chance to win the Heisman in reality? Georgia loses without him Saturday. She says as she joins us this morning. Yeah. Um, I, he'd have to stay healthy and he'd have to continue on a pace where he just becomes an unstoppable force. And no matter what anybody tries to do to, to try to remove him from the game plan, it doesn't work. He just makes plays anyway. Obviously Carson Beck would have to continue to, you know, really force feed him, but you'd have to do it and ensure that you're not doing it to the detriment of your offense. And next thing you know, some of that forcing turns into turnovers. And I think he is a Heisman caliber player. Uh, but at that position for the Heisman, unfortunately, it's almost impossible. It, it really is. And I think in, in this 2023 season, it is going to be such a quarterback centric field for the Heisman that, um, it would be difficult for him to slip in there. Although I think he's more than worthy. Well, we get to see Notre Dame on the road at Louisville, and then they host USC in their next two. Um, Sam Hartman, it's fourth and 16, and they're down at Duke. Yeah. He runs it for 17. Uh, and had to turn on some – the old man was able to run to get to the to the yardsticks there. Your thoughts on Notre Dame after that uh, gutsy win at Duke with those two opponents coming up at Louisville and then hosting USC? Well, they didn't let Ohio State beat them twice. And I think that shows a, a real sign of maturity. Um, a team that was able to get past what was a very frustrating, disappointing loss. A lot of scrutiny with the, you know, the sideline management there at the end of the Notre Dame, at the end of the Ohio State game. And you know what? They could have gone on the road to Duke feeling sorry for themselves. They didn't. They had a healthy respect for Duke. Duke kept just hanging around and doing what Duke does. Tough environment, game days there, a lot of distractions. I was really impressed with how Marcus Freeman had his team ready to play. I, that was not an easy win versus a really good Duke football team. I haven't seen them in person. I don't think people, even though they've been ranked, I don't know if people truly realize how good they are, particularly along the defensive front. So Marcus Freeman, I think, deserves a lot of praise this week for how he managed and handled his football team. And then the leadership of the Sam Hartman, Edric Ostame, um, the upperclassmen, uh, Joel Alt at left tackle, those guys had the locker room ready to play. And um, 
Now they get to take on a team that can score. And I, I looked at that Louisville NC State game last week, and I was like, why are these quarterbacks trying to screw this thing up? Like <laughs> Brendan Armstrong tried to screw it up. And then Jack um, Plummer. Oh, uh, what, what? Yeah, Jack Plummer tries to screw it up, and then Brennan screws it up again. It's like somebody just try to win the game, please. And um, so it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Louisville, Louisville is a good football team, very, very well coached. So again, Notre Dame for three straight weeks is going to have their hands full. Henry says, "I have Cam Ward as a QB three or QB two in the NFL draft coming out this weekend." Tony wants to know, can his Missouri Tigers? finish off LSU this week you mentioned a quarterback's uh, trying not to screw it up Brady Cook has gone 325 Ooh. attempts without an interception the longest streak since Andre Woodson went a couple of years in the SEC what about Missouri this week as they take on LSU do you believe in Luther Burden and Brady Cook yeah well, I believe in those two there ain't no there's no question and that team's playing with a lot of confidence right now Luther Burden is a and what a huge in-state retainee for Eli Drinkwitz, a guy that was a Missouri kid, was committed to Oklahoma. He gets him back, and, like, what an impact that has on the program. Um, Brady Cook was part of my QB room rankings yesterday on SiriusXM. I had him in there, uber efficient, just making all kinds of plays. And I'll say what I said about Notre Dame about LSU. Can Brian Kelly get this team to recover? What's LSU playing for now, right? Um they're potentially playing for maybe a spot, you know, in, in the West, but they're out of the college football playoff. How do they respond? Do they respond the way Dabo Sweeney's group responded on the road to Syracuse last week? Or do they feel sorry for themselves? Because if they're going to feel sorry for themselves, then they're going to take a beat down from Missouri because Missouri can score. And who's to say, Jim, that this game won't play out very similar to the one they just played? Like it turns into a track meet. Whoever has the ball last makes the fewest errors, um, ends up coming out victorious. Yeah, Jaden Daniels needs to stay hot this week as uh, Missouri uh, entertains LSU in what should be a really fun football game with Missouri right now, number 21 in the country, actually two spots ahead of LSU in the national rankings. Uh, MyBookie.ag bringing you the show. We're about to do our two-minute drill, final two minutes of the show coming up. Always jump into MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code next round for any of the great deposit bonuses they have there. Play anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag. David, USC out of your mix now because of their defense again? Or do you believe USC can score enough down the stretch to stay relevant? I don't think SC right now has any business being ranked in the top top ten. Let's start there. You you cannot play in that style and in that manner and be considered a complete competent football team. And and I say that fully recognizing that the offense is special. It's special. The guy playing quarterback is a magician, and he is going to carry them if, if he, unless he got hurt. He is going to carry them into every single game. I actually was not surprised. Like I said it last week with you, Jim, I wasn't surprised that Colorado scored. I was surprised that they didn't score more routinely early and often. You know, I think got up to, a, what, 34-7. to seven. Right. And credit, credit Deion Sanders and that staff for having his guys just not look at the scoreboard, just play, just keep playing. Um, they had another receiver emerge in Amari and Miller, the freshman. 
uh, 200 yards receiving in that game. That was a, a surprise. Nobody saw that guy coming. But SC, I mean, I just don't – I don't understand – I don't know what – I think Lincoln Riley is the most gifted play caller, one of the most gifted play callers and innovative offensive coaches in, in all of college football. But I don't know what his blind spot, spot is to the defensive side because this hasn't just been at SC. This has been at Oklahoma too. And I think what we've seen is this is as we become so offensive oriented, like all you have to be is competent on defense if you want a shot at the college football playoff or to win a playoff game or to get to the national championship game. They don't seem to have any business in, or, or interest in that side of the football at all. I mean, it's embarrassing to be honest with you. Okay, fifteen second answer here. John wants to know does Kentucky have a shot in Athens this Saturday against Georgia? Absolutely, they have a shot but they're going to have to have more of a consistent passing game around the run game because, you know, defensively, I think Georgia will step up at home. Big games this weekend. Tom Luganville, thank you. Safe travels to you. We look forward to listening and watching you on ball and spitting lugs this week. It's a big one coming up. Oklahoma, Texas this week. Maryland, Ohio State, LSU, Missouri, Bama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Georgia, Notre Dame, Louisville, uh, Michigan, Minnesota. Some great games coming up in week six of college football. That is Monday Morning Live brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code next round, mybookie.ag bookie.ag replay starts now new next round live starts at 9 a.m central